Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Um, I know it's been a little while since you've uh, heard from us. I just want to let you guys know what was going on. Um, last one we did was before Thanksgiving, and uh, we were going to record one the week after, but um, I got the news from my co-host that um, life's been kind of uh, getting in the way, and he's had to take care of uh, you know some things moving forward. So as of right now, he's just taking a step back. He's on a sabbatical, if you will. So with that being said, I've been trying to find, you know, an interim host and even guest host. And uh, me being myself, sometimes I did things a little bit last minute. But your guys are in for a treat today. I have somebody that not only is um, interesting, but kind of reminds my of myself. Uh, she came to the city of Jacksonville um, with, uh, you know, with not much, but essentially made her, made a life. So with that being the case, I would like to introduce you to the lovely, and I want to make sure I get your name correctly, because I know how to, I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Michaela? Michaela? Makayla. Makayla. Yes. Okay. Makayla. It's me. Hi, everybody. Hello. Thanks for having me. And how's your day been so far? Oh, my day's been hectic. I had to go get my car serviced, and um, I bought a battery last year, and I found out that the battery was failing Mm. today, so I had to go and get that battery replaced under warranty. Thank God for warranties. Yes. And, um... Yeah, I had to go to the store, get some... Just adulting today. <laughs> of course. Um, but, yeah, how's yours going? I can't complain. Um, it's been an uh, interesting month. Uh, I've had some... Uh, I think I spoke to you guys about this uh, last podcast, but I had some financial difficulties. I was a bit hard-headed and waited to the last minute, unfortunately, and uh, kind of let things uh, get uh, from under me. So now I've been... Basically turning the curve and doing what I need to do. I mean, whether you're running a business, sometimes you're, you know, unfortunately with the type of business that I'm in, uh, certain people just, you know, they don't have money to go and get services. Then you go, you still have to do what you need to do. So um, now I'm going to clue you guys in on basically uh, because a lot of things have happened since Thanksgiving on to now. It's been almost pretty much three weeks. So, um, I'm going to kind of tell you guys how my Thanksgiving went and then we're kind of just, uh, we're kind of going to go from there. So my Thanksgiving actually went pretty great. Um, got to chill out with, uh, with, uh, my second family here, my, uh, friend's mom, uh, you know, his stepdad, everything like that. Um, my dog buddy had his first ever Thanksgiving. That boy was so happy. He was in a comatose uh, by the time uh, we left there, he was eating nonstop. What type of food did you guys have? Um, pfft, macaroni and cheese. I made it. Oh, you made from scratch. Cheese? From scratch. Yeah. It fire? It was fire. <laughs> I made another one for his sister too, but yeah, uh, it's, it's nothing. It's nothing like some oh, good macaroni and cheese. That's Had good. a. So um, you could cook. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, man. I'm a little chef boy <laughs> idea up here. I mean, um, you you gotta eventually learn because takeout and ordering gets very old and gets very expensive really fast. Yeah, it does. It really does. 
that's my plan is to I don't really know how to cook. Um it's I'm not, not that hard. That I can teach cook. you. I, right, I, so that's my whole thing for 2022 is to get back in the kitchen and start learning how to cook with love, cook with soul. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it is it's a lot of the things that we eat, they don't have flavor unless we season them. Right. Uh, and even there's a lot of people that just don't know how to season meat correctly. I had to learn that because you just you can't just sprinkle it on there. You got to rub it in. Yeah. Because if you if you boil some chicken or or you know fry up some some ground meat, it don't taste like nothing. Right. The seasoning is what gives it flavor. flavor yeah. So how about you? How did you end up doing for your Thanksgiving? Well, I went over to a friend of a friend's house. Um, they cooked actually a big meal. They had everything from turkey, ham, fried chicken, uh, candied yams, mac and cheese, greens, all types of pies. They had everything. Oh, okay. Um, stuff, well, not stuffing, but dressing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't People keep telling me that de- I'm like, where I'm from is stuffing. Yeah. Um, I'm from up north too, and so we use it intercha- interchangeably. Like, if I say stuffing, that means I'm talking about dressing. Yeah. Tomato, Yeah. Yeah. Like, my, uh, my buddy, he made this stuffing. Um, I've never seen anybody make it. I didn't actually need to get his recipe. So he took. So he took, um, like, apples ground sausage mm-hmm. and um like raisin bread chopped it up like yes. put it in yes. the and uh in the turkey put it in the turkey but he put an onion to almost stop it first he put the onion up there then he did that best stuffing slash gravy I've ever had in my life mm-hmm. like I, I gotta get the recipe on that that was that was great because usually, you know, a lot of times uh, people aren't making um, really stuffing from scratch. They're using stovetop, which right. that's what I that's what I grew up with. Like, or um, as we all know, like he made his own cranberry, like cranberry, you know, the can. Yeah, I like so, the can. I don't yeah, want like no it's real cranberry. It's 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 one of those things. Like it's when you grow up on certain things and you. It's a difference between, like, sometimes, like, the things that you have, like, you don't know any better. But then when you start, like, all right, this, like, and you and you thinking, um, this stuff is supposed to take forever. No. Especially with black people, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I remember people start making stuff at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning. 6 o'clock in the morning that day. We're not eating until 6 or 7. Right. And then... I just realized, no, you don't have to do that. Motherfuckers is just taking a sweet old time. Yeah. Got, they, and it's, they multitasking. They multi- different stuff. Yeah, like cooking. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we had a we had a plethora of things. And I had um I got leftovers which um I'm gonna make I'm gonna either I'm gonna make me a turkey next year because that's why he made his own turkey because it's like I want leftovers. I don't want just one plate. So uh, that was great. Um, his sister had one the next day, but I had to work, so uh, I made her a batch of macaroni and cheese. He was, you know, he let me get some of 
the, the oh, first batch, but I was like, nah, I'm like, <laughs> you, like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, so she made me a plate, whatever, I ended up uh, coming over the next, the, the day after that, and um, I brought my dog with me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this dog I've only had for eight months, and right. I love this dog, but this dog cost me a lot of money since I've gotten him. He's uh, it's the first time I've had a dog in like a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never been as close to a dog as I this. Like, lays with me, all these type of things. Like, most, most of my dogs, especially like, people don't realize that, like, black people just started like doing what the, I'm, I'm gonna say, don't want the white people do as far as with dogs. We wasn't like this. We was like you're out in the outside in the on the chain. Yeah. Um, we still gonna feed you, but you like we wasn't taking you for basically, walks and things like that. Animals aren't allowed in the house, basically. Yes. That's how they were. That was something how we were raised. Yeah. And my <laughs> and my buddy, he's had, you know, dogs and animals his entire life since we met when we were ten. So I've known him for like twenty years. So like and I thought that relationship was just something you see in the movies. And I was like, no, this is real life. Mm-hmm. But I say all that to say this. Um, he's a hound. <laughs> that motherfucker can smell. He's a bottomless pit. I leave with the tray. I, leave, I go to my office pretty much right around the corner from here. I haven't been in the office because I've been working from home. Leaving for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I come back. The tray is gone. <laughs> I almost <laughs> killed this dog. Um, <laughs> it's not. Luckily, I ate half of the leftovers before from his sister. Right. The thing what pissed me off more than anything else, I could, I could, I could get away with everything else, right? It was a turkey leg in there. A whole turkey leg. Uh-huh. He ate the whole thing. Wait, how long were you gone? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. And I put stuff around there. It's like, no, nah, he went. He, I was, I was, I was not happy. That's a grown man. I was not mad. That's a grown man. And I was very surprised because he, I gave him some bones previously, and he didn't pass them. His butt was bleeding, and everything like that, and. This one, I was like, uh, I had to go and get him like antibiotics and like a track thing, and he was able to pass this surprisingly. So, hmm. wait, what type of bones did you get? Um, like store bought bones? No, like bones I was eating from, like uh, oh. neck bones, oh. and I didn't realize they splintered. Oh. I didn't know this. They people tell me you can give them raw bones, but they cannot be cooked because they will splinter. But, um. Yeah, and that's what like chicken bones. Chicken bones? chicken bones. The people tell me are the or like the most dangerous. So oh, okay. yeah, I don't. I'm like, and I don't really try to give him. I don't really give him people food a lot. But you know how you eating and the dog's just looking at you. Give me something. Give me something. I'm like, no, no. And then and I just fed you already, and you around me sniffing and whatnot. No, this don't work like that. But um, I try to be careful now because uh, I don't have pet insurance. I mean, I've, I've spent probably on, like, doctor stuff almost $1,000 already. But 
Uh, yeah. He was sick though. Like, wasn't he sick this yeah. year? Yeah, he was. He was sick when I went on vacation, and he he got to think kitty litter, and then he was eating blinds and uh yeah. So he's a, he's a bit destructive, but uh, he has a lot of energy. So is he a, a Labrador? No, he's a tree walker coonhound pit bull mix. Oh, okay. Yeah, so apparently the tree walker coon hounds are like, you get five of them together, they can hunt a mountain lion. Basically, they run the mountain lion up the tree, and then the hunter shoots it. But, like, I have to take him to the dog park every single day. I have to. Um, if I'm not, uh, he's chewing on my drywall. Um, I just worked the overnight shift till three this morning, so... I was trying to get up, but for some reason, I've been having the bad habit of not charging my phone. Mm-hmm. So every time I wake up, my phone is dead. Oh. So like, you know, so you've ever woken up and you're like, it's light out. I've been here too long. Yeah. A couple times. Yeah. A couple times. I'm like, yeah, I, I literally woke up like 1150. <laughs> I was just like, shit. I'm like, all right, well. Um, I was gonna get. I was gonna wake up at nine, get some stuff I need to go and get done. I can do that tomorrow, but it's just like I wanted to knock that out, so I didn't have to do that tomorrow. I could just take him to the park, but right. I'm gonna take him to the park tomorrow. Okay. But so does he have a cage? Do you he him in the cage? Um, he does. I don't like keeping him in the crate, but I had to figure out something because like he doesn't chew on things all the time, and it's random things. Uh-huh. So like I've left out several things and he won't chew on it for I mean, days but he gets bored and then uh i left him i left him for like half a day one time and i'm like the bottom of my blinds was eaten so yeah so it's like certain things and um january basically this coming january i want to train him because whoever had him before is like most of he's mostly trained for the most part like uh, he's not going unless he can't hold it, we can hold it for like 12 hours if, if need be. So doesn't pee in the house or anything like that. Unless he had that, like he had that bad infection where it was just, he was just pulling, pulling, pulling mush every two seconds. Yeah. But other than that, like he holds it, you know, I don't really have to worry about him. I mean, but yeah, well, um, well, with that being said, um, because I've always been curious because the way we met was, uh, <laughs> it was interesting. Give them the story. Yeah. So I'm going to give you guys the story. So um, when did we actually meet in person though? Um, Almost a year ago. Person, no, we met in oh. person in, I believe, March or February. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So I'm going to backtrack. So we initially met on Bumble. Now, for whatever reason, uh, the conversation kind of died, and I forgot, whatever. Yeah. Um, we both forgot. Um, I go to a bar near my office when I get out of work, and I meet this girl. I, um, I've seen her in there a couple of times. I just didn't say anything. And then one time, I just uh, introduced myself. We were talking, yeah. and I didn't realize it at first. I'm like, I was like, that, that name kind of sounds familiar, but I'm like this. And... It's kind of funny when you go to put somebody's number in your phone yeah. and their phone, their phone number is already in there. And I'm like, what? How, 
It was hilarious. I think I put your number in my phone, and I was like, wait, I already have your number. Oh, what? Like, <laughs> How do we know each other? So then our um, memory was refreshed. Yeah. We met off of Bumble, and... Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's it was weird but funny. Yeah, um, especially I, I don't believe there's not because I mean there could have been a whole different way that that especially yeah. you know different people and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean we met, we we chopped it up. Uh, we had a you know probably the biggest thing is alcohol. We love that. Yeah. Um, love so drink. yeah. <laughs> And uh and food. Yeah. Um and we kinda just got, you know, uh kinda keeping in touch, you know, chopping it up. Mm-hmm. So I've always been curious about this because I mean, I I kinda told you how I came here and this was not really a, um uh not really on purpose. So mm-hmm. how did you get all the way from Denver to Jacksonville? Well, I went to school in South Carolina. Um, I graduated from Claflin University. Go um, Panthers. Okay. <laughs> Orange and Maroon. It's the sister school of SC State in which Joe Biden is delivering the commencement today. This, what's today? December 17th. So yeah, yeah. Joe Biden's doing really? the fall commencement at SC uh. State. HBCUs. <laughs> go, go HBCUs. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, so I went from Denver to South Carolina back in 2012. I stayed there for about four years. I graduated in 2016, in May of 2016. So after college, I didn't really have anything lined up. So um, I was actually working at McDonald's, and I was in a bad situationship, and I didn't really think that it was worth pursuing. So I just left South Carolina and drove back to Denver. Okay. Which was a long drive. I'm sure. <laughs> and so um, I got back to Denver in July. And then in August, I found out that I got a job down here in Jacksonville. Okay. And so I was working with um, a company called Ernst & Young. Okay. I know who um, they are. Yeah. And so I moved here in August of 2019. Um, not 2019. In 2016. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was... It's quite a. I wasn't. I wouldn't say it was a drastic change because I had already been living in the South, going to school okay. in South Carolina. Right, okay. So I knew how the South operated, and of course, Jacksonville is more, uh, more of a city compared to where I was, which is Orangeburg. It was a rural town. Oh, okay. So um, it was very easy to accommodate, you know. And I actually, when I first moved here, I hated it because Why? I feel like the people were just weird, like. Um, I remember one time I was living over on Beach and Kearney. Okay. And I was at a Publix over there. And um, <laughs> there was this guy just sitting out in a um, beach chair in the Publix parking lot. Yeah. Just sitting in the they beach be like, chair. They'd be out there. I was just like, what weirdo type stuff um, is this? And so I was they like, take beach. They take Beach Bum to a whole nother a level. Whole, I yeah, thought, a whole nother level. I thought that was more of a... Uh, Cali thing, but like if you go, you, you go on Beach Boulevard, you go yeah. all the way into beaches, and you get closer to the beach. Yeah, yeah, you got like... people where they, you know, <laughs> we've been living that beach life for 20, 30 years, and yeah. I'm just like, I can see it. That beach life has been living you. God. Right. <laughs> so when I see that, I was just like, um, I don't know how about how I feel about Jacksonville, and it took 
actually a while for Jacksonville to grow on me. Um, it's different. Yeah, it's very different. But I like it now. I can see myself settling here. Okay. Um, originally, I had wanted to settle down in Atlanta. Um, but people keep telling me it's like. It's, they keep telling me you gotta go to Atlanta. My my sister oh, yeah. just went for the first time. Have you time. visited? Never been yet. Oh yeah, you definitely gotta visit. You gotta visit, and then I don't know if you like strip clubs, <laughs> but you should go to a strip club. Like I, I, I heard, good old, uh, good old chicken wings. I heard, fries. I heard about that. It's, it's pretty good. I, I heard know. it's a it's um. Wait, what they say? It's one of the blackest cities in America. Yeah, like I think. At one point in time, Philly was, and now yeah, of it's course. Atlanta. I mean, you much. have a lot of, yeah, you have a lot of, like, like new black money that's moving there, mm-hmm. which makes sense. And it's a lot of successful black people out there, too. Yeah. Because um, I had a friend in college, she had a um, cousin that lived out in Johns Creek, which is the suburbs of Atlanta. No, oh, okay. And um, it was, like, a oh, black community. Um, a nice upscale hair salon we went to. Black owned. Nice. Like, oh wow, this is. Yeah. Now that was something I wasn't accustomed to coming from Denver. Like, you don't um, see a lot of black folks in Denver. So. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about that because, like, when I when I think of Denver, <laughs> let me guess, you thought I was the only black person there? Me and my family. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's not even because it's it's the Midwest, but. Like, I don't think a lot of black people think that black people are out in the Midwest. But there's, um, I mean, we're everywhere, but, like, there's we don't think that, we don't, it's just, like, um, you don't, like, when you think of black people being in America, you don't really think of, you think of either North or South, you don't really think, because, like, you think of Chicago, Detroit, but how many other Midwestern places yeah. do you think? You don't, you don't think of Denver or things like that, or... Yeah, Denver actually has a rich um black culture um what's her name madam cj walker actually settled there in denver i think she even died there i'm really? not i'm not gonna um um i'm not gonna say this as fact okay but uh <laughs> i, I wouldn't i heard of madam cj walker but i didn't mm-hmm. think uh i didn't think denver was the place she settled on i thought it was mm-hmm. somewhere yeah she actually lived in denver um there's an area in denver called five points and that's kind of like I don't want to say, I'm going to say it, and I don't know if other people have said this, but it's like the Harlem of the of the West. Mm. It's like a lot of black people, when they moved to Denver, that's where they settled in Five Points, because that's where pretty much all the black people were allowed to live. Um, like, I guess at that time, but I guess, time, but I, now, guess I guess it's different, but yeah. um, I, I see a lot of stuff where, you know, you have a lot of um, like black people that were... Um, that were like they lived in the they lived in a hood and now they're of course they've made money and things like that and of course you have all these black people that say well go back to your hood and things like that mm-hmm. which I mean depending on what type of person you are sometimes that can be beneficial sometimes that can be almost a detriment because it's right. a lot of um, it's a lot of like uh, animosity it's a lot of jealousy That's especially like the if whole, it, um, what's his name Young Dolph. Young Dolph. Yeah, Nip- how he went back to his hood. Yeah, Nipsey yeah. Hustle. Yeah, Nipsey, where it's like, um, I grew up humble beginning, so I just grew up poor. I didn't grow up in the hood. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't have a, I mean, my town was kind of, it was one of those things, like, we had, like, pockets of, like, trailer parks and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's, like, the hood. 
Like, we got a, like, basically, I got family that lives in, you know, Camden, which is like, at one point years ago, Camden and Philly were competing for the murder capital of, the, <laughs> no, really? of America. Yeah, it was, it was bad. Um, that's all you heard was someone getting shot every single day. It was almost uh, it, like Philly and, Philly and Camden was like Chicago before Chicago was Chicago. But um, and like a lot of people talk about gentrification and I think that um, black people need to start gentrifying the hood. Yeah. Buying up those properties. Buying up those properties, but also, like, especially, you know, us being black and things like that, you you have a difference between black people and you have niggas, right? Mm -hmm. And you need to, like, really get in the community where it's like, this is where we're trying to take the community. If you don't want to, if you don't want to be a part of this, by all fucking means, this gentrification is going to push you out anyway. If you, if you're, if you're... If you're if you're with it, then that's fine. Let's go and get ourselves in the right direction. Um, the biggest problem I feel like sometimes with like black people is like we try to save everybody. You can't save everybody. No, you can't. And <laughs> the thing about it is, we, we have a like no other race of people in America has like a loyalty, like not I'll say like a kind of like a, uh, a like a imposed loyalty where it's like you're supposed to be loyal to like American black people where it's like when you see especially when you're in certain spaces when you see another black person and you're especially I, I, I got you know a friend which you know I've known for 20 years since we were 10 mm-hmm. and you know, he's white and I told him like it's it's very it's it's very like Regularly, you you know you're a speck of pepper in a sea of salt, and he told me, "Well, that's racist." I'm like, "I don't tell you, it, did I lie?" But when you see like certain other races of people don't have any loyal don't don't have any imposed loyalty, because like other white people don't look at other white people and say, "Hey, like they don't have a what's up or whatever else." It's just it's like I don't have any one. It's I might not even see another person that look like me, and if I do, it's like, oh, hey, okay, we yeah, we in this together. That's, yeah, that's kind of how it is when you're the minority. Yeah, and yeah. then it's just, um, I feel like it's we have to start like <laughs> we have to start going where we are celebrated, not where we're tolerated. And there's certain communities, there's certain industries that we get into to where. Like, I want black people to understand this, that the company's never going to conform to you. You're going to conform to the company. And there's a lot of people that don't understand whether it's hairstyles or things like that. Mm-hmm. Hairstyle don't got nothing to do with your ability to perform a job, your right. professionalism, all these different things. That's but true. this is 2021. We're not, this is not the 1990s and 80s or 70s. So you have people who have been in this field for 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. So... The the biggest thing I'm always like surprised is why don't I see more black law firms, more black architecture, more black marketing companies? Well, yeah. <laughs> there's like um, an argument about this. Um, there's some people who believe that it was integration. Like if you think about it way back in the day, yeah. there was those black accountants, those um, black law firms, those black grocery stores. And then 
You have. That's what some people argue. I mean, it's the end of segregation. I'll say, say I agree and, and disagree at the same time because it, it it sometimes it feels like that because like and again I, I had these type of conversations with my with my, with my buddy and it's like I asked him well what so what was the advantage on like white people got from black people and vice versa. Like, what was the advantage to where black people just wanted the same resources? That's yeah. all That's all we wanted. And we were doing our own thing. And it's one of those things that people don't want to understand or they want to get upset about. It's like, no, don't get upset about this. Understand what, understand why it's like, like, and then people like, even with, you know, Black Wall Street and these several different mm-hmm. things, I thought it was like two communities. There were several communities across. Ones they were either burned down, one these were, they were the flooded. Yeah. And it's like, you got people, you, and like I asked him a question, well, it's like, what was the advantage of black people integrating because we were together? Like, but then you still have people that were, I don't want you to be in this space. Mm-hmm. And... It's one of those things where, you know, we want to talk about the minority where you have like, you know, you have a whole bunch of white people saying, well, I'm not racist, I'm not racist. I'm like, at this point in my life, I, I don't I don't care if you're racist or not. Just don't impede me on what I'm trying to do. That's that's all I care about. When they say, well, well, the minority, the minority of white people's race, the majority is, isn't. Okay. Well, use that same logic with, well, the minority of black people are burning down things, gangbanging. And the majority of black people aren't, or the minority of Middle Eastern people are terrorists and are not. Yeah. The only problem with that is, specifically with white people, is you allowed the minority to do all of these things, and the majority did nothing. Right. And most <laughs> of, and if they did, it was very, it was very specific. If you knew somebody. Mm-hmm. If you if you knew the family, you grown up with them. Of course, you're going to stand up for them. But if you didn't know, and it was just another black person off the street, you was like, you know, you was blind. Like, well, I don't know. And then yeah, it's focus it, so much on the negative. Yeah, and then it comes it comes to the fact where it's like people really don't understand. Like you, like in America, everybody's been able to make money. That's the one thing we've been able to do. Might not have paid me my my wage that I was worth, but somebody was going to pay me. People are, people would rather pay instead of fix things. Where you get into these um these you know uh you know these civil suits with police officers or people get their rights um you know trampled on, and instead of saying okay we're going to correct this issue, you'll pay me a couple million dollars. Mm-hmm. Because oh, yeah, to settle it, <laughs> which is like just fix it. Yeah, and it's um, it comes down to where it's like people say, well, if people would just stop talking about race, they wouldn't exist. And I use this example, and it was kind of harsh. If I take you in the woods and I stab you in the gut, and you and you scream and you die. And no one was there to hear it. Did did I kill you? Did I kill you? Like yeah. Well, but no one would know exactly. So, <laughs> um, and that's kind of harsh. But it's like 
Um, and sometimes it just ha- it has to be so blatantly in somebody's faces where it's like, I'm, I'm sorry, like, the way we live in, I'm like, you can't be overtly, right? Unless you got a lot of money. Unless you're, you're yeah, you, you'll fuck your whole life up. Right. You'll lose all your money. You'll lose all your money, your whole career, all these different things. So when I, when I think about when people say that, where it's like, okay, well, I still, and, and me bringing this up is not going to magically stop me from being racist. It's going to be, okay, um, let me just be racist and not get in trouble about it. Right. But <laughs> Which is how the world operates today. Yeah. But then you got people that it has to be so blatantly in your face that people, um, people believe it. But then it gets to the point where it's like, people are just starting to see it now. And like, you're telling me you just thought we were lying this entire time. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't even want to waste my breath. Well, teach me things like that. I'm like, you guys can go on your phones and look up every everything else. You can look up how the vaccine isn't good for you or all these different things. Mm-hmm. But you can't understand why black people have a, a certain relationship with this country and right. wouldn't be surprised with the things that we do. But yeah, you know, just I, ignorant to the fact. Yeah, I mean, it's ignorant. And then again, it's like if you just don't want to learn, just tell me you don't want to learn. I'm not gonna waste my breath. Right. But um, I, I, I know we got off of it on a tangent. So, um, what was Denver like? Uh, Denver is actually a beautiful city. It's in the, um, it's in the front range. Okay. So that means that it's not quite in the mountains. It sits in the front range of the mountains. I hear so, the elevation is like, uh, it's, it, it, can be hard, it can be a bit hard to breathe up there. Yeah, actually, um, so Denver is known as the Mile High City. So we're 500, not 500, 5,280 feet above sea level. Okay. And so then you start going into mountains. And like I was talking to a guy yesterday at the liquor store. He was saying that it was very hard for him to breathe up in Breckenridge. Breckenridge is probably 14,000 feet. Uh, above sea level Jesus. so you um, know coming from if you're like from you know a place where it's low sea level like jacksonville or louisiana yeah. and you go up to denver <laughs> or anywhere and in the mountains it's you're gonna, gonna have a hard time breathing like i even noticed i'm from there but i haven't been there in like so your body 10 years your so, body's acclimated here yeah, my and... body has adjusted to southern living so when i go home it's it is kind of hard for me to breathe i have start having sinus issues and stuff like that and so it's like but other than that i mean denver's a beautiful city um like i said there's not as many black folks there but i mean um I feel like all the black people know each other. <laughs> it be like that I sometimes. Like, that. like I mean, I feel like our circle was so small. But then there, I mean, maybe it's just where I grew up. And I mean, you the and circles then, that we yeah. So about. I mean, you have a lot of people, which is like they're either like entrepreneurs. Some of them are probably uh, athletes. Different things mm-hmm. like that, especially because. Uh, um, Denver, of course, with like marijuana, has, have, has had a booming economy. Oh yes, very. Which booming. it's um, like um, this is how they described it in Denver. Okay. Um, and I don't know if I'm gonna say this right, so I'm gonna say it slowly. Okay. Um, 
what Atlanta is to black folks is what Denver is to white. So. That makes sense. Okay, that makes sense because some of these because um, to any of my, to to any of our white listeners, um, you guys can probably like I I feel like I feel like this is spot on. Yeah, because it is. the the way that <laughs> the way that some white people I know talk about Denver, right. it's, it's like, like, and this is not just you know during during the month of April, but this is like whenever they go. Like ski season, like people ask me all the time, have you have you gone skiing or whatever? I normally say the most ignorant thing ever is black people don't ski. They do. There's actually a black association for skiers. I'm but not I surprised. always tease and say black people don't ski. I don't ski because I personally don't want to get caught up in an avalanche. I know the chances are small, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a lot of risk. And you know, they like skiing, they like hiking, they like all those outdoorsy type stuff. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a, a super big outdoorsy type, but I, you know, um, I mean, I, I grew up with, you know, white people my entire life closely. No. So, um, I have tried some stuff that, you know, most black people will be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, you kind of just, you go for it. Like I've jumped, I've jumped right. off a couple cliffs and things like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to be like stereotypical and say yeah. that black folks don't do all that stuff. There are some. No, it's but the just majority of the majority us, is. We stayed in the Denver proper area. Didn't really explore out. Most people like would, you know, travel to Texas or Cali or stuff like okay. that. Um, there's to me personally, there's a lot of stuff to do in Denver, like in the outdoors life, but like. To me personally, the nightlife is not, you know, all that great. It's it's not my scene. If that makes I would, um, well, how is that compared to the nightlife here? Oh no, Denver's nightlife is amazing compared to Jacksonville. Wow. Okay. There's more to do. Okay. There's you know there's more clubs. There's more bars. I mean, there's more. You know, it's it's a city life. I so. mean, you got well with here. Um, I came here about a year after you, so mm-hmm. I didn't realize um, you might have gotten the tail end before they started shutting down these clubs. They actually had nightclub nightclubs. They didn't have bars with dance floors or just all lounges. But they unfortunately, had nightclubs in Jacksonville. They had one near the town center. Oh, the one that they got shot. Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> I understand where where like companies because there was even uh, one back home where it was a it was a teen nightclub. Oh yeah, which uh, you know teen clubs, teen clubs, teen clubs were oh my god, and you had you had people taking the bus coming from like everywhere because there's not you know there's not really an outlet for you know kids like that and Mm -hmm. um, but. Unfortunately, it's like you know that that thing gets shot up one too many times. Yeah, yeah, it gotta go. Yeah. It's I and mean that was bad business for the town center, um, considering how the town center is and it's you know majority of its consumers. The there. family family, like they yeah. they they tried it and they got burned and it's like well yeah. it's like it, it brought you know um, they some people like to use very uh, unique words. It brought a certain. Uh, elements. It brought a certain element to the town center that we don't stole one. And I'm like, just just say what you want to say. <laughs> just, 
<laughs> just say what you want to say. But, but I, I get it. Whereas, like... And, you know, actually, now that I think of it, if I'm thinking, if I remember correctly, that situation, that shooting at the town, I don't think it was, you know, us folks. No, it wasn't. it was... You know, it was white folks, I think. But then you got, but I then think. you got, well, well even if that's the case, you got, like, people carry here. This is, oh, a, yeah. people carry this here. Is so, like, yes. Yeah, so, I under, like, I, I, I understand, like, especially, like, it's hard, it's hard as hell to even get liquor licenses and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, those things are expensive. Like, I, I know a couple of people that, you know, um, run bars and different really? things like that, and it's, it's expensive. But it's like if you can get like uh it can be anywhere from like a half a million mm-hmm. almost to like a million sometimes. Mm-hmm. And if you can wow. get that and do what you need to do, there's just so many um there's so many operating costs. Yeah. And then you gotta and it's you're highly dealing with you you're dealing with people and always you're dealing with people, you're dealing with alcohol and money. Mm-hmm. Those are that's a that's volatile co- yeah. combinations. Um so, as far as um, you know, you being here right now, what uh, if you don't, if you don't mind, uh, you know, letting the audience know, um, what exactly do you do? Because I I don't even sure I know. You told me, but I just kind of didn't understand. <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest. <laughs> well, I um, I'm in the finance and accounting field. Okay. Um. I work for Black Knight. Okay. But actually, my last day is in a few weeks. No, okay. a, few, a couple weeks. Right. A week and a half. Okay. Um, I'm actually leaving there and going back to EY. But why? Um, I would say more money, more opportunity. Okay. Um. Okay. Uh, I have another question as well because I mean I'm. I never really worked in corporate, so. Mm-hmm. Um. How is corporate compared to when you started in it to in it is now? Hmm, well, I've been in corporate for about, is EY considered corporate? Well, I'll say I started my career five years ago, right? Okay. And so I started at EY. EY is very, um, it's very, I would say to me, it's very young, it's very vibrant, okay. um, diverse, you okay. know, multiple cultures and stuff like that. I, You know, it was good for me starting out. And so then I went on to Black Knight. Black Knight is very... Um, Straight-laced. Yeah, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, um, they're very stuck is, in the Stone Age. Is it traditional? Traditional, 1950s style type, you know, trying to keep up with today's trends, but okay. really so they're, they're, they're struggling. Okay, so, so. they, they want to keep, uh, I must do this in air quotes, traditional values, but they're trying to keep the traditional values, but at the same time, uh, trying to move forward with technology. Right, and right. They're trying to keep you, afloat or keep up with the ever so changing yeah. industry. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you you have a. I'm, I'm sure you had a lot of people that were uh, probably a lot more older than you. As far, Very. And and that was it was a kind of a culture shock coming from EY. EY it was 
college graduates out the ass. And then you go to Black Knight and you have, there's someone who works there now who's been there for 50 years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lady just retired in our department. Well, she worked there 40 plus Yeah, years. I mean. And so it's like you have all these, I want to call them baby. They are baby boomers. Yeah, they are baby boomers. Baby boomers still working, you know, I mean, working uh, to get that retirement. I mean, a lot of them, unfortunately, this is the last job. This is the last significant job they'll work because mm-hmm. um, I haven't, I've been hearing this more and more. Like there's a lot of companies that they say they're ageist. Yeah. Um, that um, they don't want old people. Like That's very now, true. unless it's uh, and unfortunately, there's people that, uh, especially with this, um, when the pandemic happened and the crap crash, where it's, you have eighty eighty percent of Americans have any all their retirement in the market. Yeah. So when the market crashed, like you had people lose. Yeah. And that's like, what happened. So majority of it to where I had client, I had I had clients um, that uh, before I started working with them had CPAs that told them I'm like I'm gonna have to tell you something. You're gonna have to sit down for this. Um, the money that you lost, you're gonna have to work for the next five five years just to recoup that. And you were about to retire that year. Yeah. And I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, unfortunately, there's a lot of people where it's like, if I if I get fired from this job or leave, I'm not gonna be, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna get a job to the caliber that I'm gonna get ever again. I'm too old, like, which is, and it's it's not even. Um, I mean, certain people don't plan, but you got people that did all the right things, did as they were told, and still you gotta work at Walmart. Yeah. You gotta do like I've seen yeah. people do like delivery services and things like that, and I'm just like, ah, that's rough. Yeah, it's pretty sad. A sad situation to go through, as you know, for us Americans, um, just to see how it set people back. You know, that they were on the verge to retire and couldn't because of the market crash. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean. You know, that's why a lot of folks are pushing entrepreneurship. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not... Uh, I don't believe everybody should be an entrepreneur because I, I remember getting into it like 10 years ago, different companies, to where when people told me I was doing direct sales and marketing or I was doing door-to-door, they're like, why don't you get a regular job? That's, <laughs> that's all I heard before it became sexy over the last like five years. And I'm like... Yeah, hustle, hustle, hustle. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. um, like... I'm one of those people. Why don't you get a regular job? I, I just, I have no entrepreneurial... I mean, that's what my sister's... In me. That's what my sister's telling me. You're, you're, you're working all this... You're working all this time. And I'm like, I mean, it's good when it's good. It's bad when it's bad. I had a, you know, I had a, you know, an off... A couple of off months back to back and... You know, I had to reevaluate and I had to, you know, supplement and do what I had to do. I had to pick up, you know, different gigs and things like that. I uh, I dug ditches. Um, you know, I worked at warehouses. Um, you know, it's it's something I thought I would never have to do again. But sometimes you got to, you know, swallow your pride and you got to do what you need to do. I mean, um, entrepreneur is not for the weak at heart. But what what it gives you is it gives you your time it gives you your time back and there's a lot of people to where 
you know, a lot of people that work a 50, 60 hour a week job and they're like, they're, they're saying, I can't do anything else. I'm like, there's 168 hours a week. Like, you gotta sleep. You, yeah, if you sleep seven, right? Mm-hmm. That's 49. Then that means that's 109. You still have another 70 something hours. Mm-hmm. So it's, and again, like, there's not a lot of people that want to live that, like, I tried to put myself on a schedule earlier this year and like, it feels unnatural in the beginning because it's like, uh, if you want to be hyperproductive, then, you know, everything like, you know, I got alarms going off every hour, every so often to be like, you actually schedule your entire day mm-hmm. to where, you know, you'll have clients you meet for 30 minutes and make a thousand dollars. I'm like, I made a thousand dollars in 30 minutes. Uh, or 500 or whatever else by just helping clients, but it, and allowing myself to be able to, you know, go out in the middle of the day or play golf or meet with, you know, people and things like that. Entrepreneurship allows that, but, um, you gotta sacrifice, you gotta sacrifice, you gotta bust your ass. It's not, it's not the easiest thing. I like, I came here, um, during the summer. And three months later, I opened up my company from scratch. Mm-hmm. And it's the hardest thing I've ever done. I'm still... It'll be f- it'll be five years next October. I can't believe it. So did you move here to open up your no. company? Or you just moved here <laughs> just to move here? No. So I was in the labor union back home for about five years. I just didn't want to do that for 20. Things kind of opened up. I made enough money. Um, to where I could just, you know, move. I, I packed up my apartment in a weekend type of, type of stuff. Sold off everything I could mm-hmm. over, over the week while I was working. Um, I came down here really for a stop. This was just to work for the summer, stack my money up. And then um, after that, I was going to travel the world. I got my passport before I left New Jersey. I was making like good money. I only had like, I only had one, uh, bill that was like finance, which was $200 at the time, which in hindsight, that's great. Yeah. I had no car payments or anything like that. No student loans. Um, (laughs) and like when I think about what I wanted to do, I could have just paid this loan up for like six months, paid this loan up and just really, um, you know, in life, you make, you know, there's two paths. You take one, yeah. life turns out different. Um, I didn't want to have to come back and work for somebody. Mm-hmm. So I put my travel plans on hold and I opened up my company. I'm thinking, well, uh, people are going to need credit repair. They do. They just don't know it. And they don't know me. Mm-hmm. You come to a place where you know nobody and you're expecting you're just going to make all this money. I didn't, I didn't make my first dime from the business eight months in. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, started marketing. Like I'm talking about from like flyers and flyers in the uh, laundromat to flyers on cars, to business cards out to going to BNI networking events. And um, yeah. Have you um, acquired any um, clients at the bar? Yeah, a couple. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had got into this situation where it was this um, older white gentleman, and he was... Uh, Red hair? 
I can't. No, was, was he? No, I don't think he had red hair. It was gray. Okay. But he was in his um, he was in his sixties. Yeah. And um, he told me he was like, he was talking when I first walked into the bar. He was talking to another um black lady, and so they were talking, and I was ear hustling. Of course. <laughs> And so when she left, um, he turned to me and said something, and I had bought up something that he had said to her in the conversation. He's like, oh, well, you heard that? It's like, yeah. And it's like, oh, by the way, I love black women. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. I don't know why you're telling me that, but okay. Okay, all right, where's, where's this going? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we were talking, and me, yeah, and he had gave me this pen. He was like, well, here's my number. I do credit repair and stuff no. like that. And I was like, oh, okay, well, look at you. So as you're telling me about you doing your um, credit repair business, I know there's like, there is a market and there's yeah. uh, people who need their credit repair yeah. and just, you can do it. You can do it. clients anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you really can. Like, I mean, marketing is you know, uh, where you just, I can't, lost my train of thought here. But um, yeah, marketing is is crucial. Like uh, I've I've sold people on well, not I've gotten clients as far as with life insurance, retirement planning. Like I can show you how life insurance works on a napkin. Like it's it's that simple. Um, there's just a lot a lot of people just education. Um, I learned all this stuff way out of school. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things I just you know I didn't know until. Do you feel like it was something that should have been taught in school? Yes. <laughs> Most people are taught go to school, get a great job, get, get into a four hundred one k. Four hundred one k is not bad, but it's that, that's people or IRA is not bad. It's just people that they just believe that's the only thing that they have, right? And they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's true. That's why you got to educate the people. Yeah. Uh, do you plan on you know doing any grassroots type? Yeah. Um. um community work. Yeah, I've been wanting to uh, do it to kind of combine what I do in credit repair and life insurance because, like, uh, I call myself a financial Swiss Army knife. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But um, I actually have the seminar name uh, Credit and Finance Building Wealth Through Financial Education. Mm -hmm. I just haven't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just haven't taken the time to actually go out and um, create the seminar. Creating a seminar is not that hard either. It's just, it's timing and um, I've never been focused on one thing. So that was the biggest thing as well. But Right. Yeah. Well, it is kind of hard to focus when you're, you have so much going on. Yeah. You know? Like, uh, life is. Yeah, even with this podcast, I'm so glad I finally started it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just something I thought I needed to have the equipment or I needed to. And the first ones were, uh, we shot it like, um, well, we recorded it outside his house because his house is not really quiet. And, <laughs> you know, you could hear, um, you know, the, the, um, you could hear the, uh, like, um, bugs in the background, things oh, like that. Okay. And then I had to get better with editing because, like, the way I was editing it, I was trying to edit out every single, um, like, ums, I knows, different things like that. I Getting better 
at not using filler words because a lot of people don't th when they're speaking it's you can have pauses because there's pauses in conversations right and a lot of people they'll just they'll keep saying a word until it's like yeah yeah mine's is um um <laughs> um so yeah yeah and i realized that where i i counted it one time and i was like this is terrible mm -hmm. <laughs> this is we so. actually did that in college. Um, I was in a public speaking class, and um, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it was it was quite hard. Um, that is weird. You just always yeah. fail. But yeah, we learned that in a public speaking class. But public speaking just isn't my thing. But I can imagine doing a podcast or like a YouTube channel. Yeah, that's to what help you um, with your, you know. Public speaking. Yeah, yeah, that's something. Uh, was uh, speak? No, not speak easy. Not speak easier. But there's a uh, there's a course for public speaking. Uh, Toastmasters. Oh, Toastmasters. Yeah, yeah we have one at Black Knight. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's there's ones across the city. Uh, okay. I'm probably gonna start doing that so I can get a little bit more better because I do. Um, <laughs> I want to do the seminar um, podcast. I have different things that I want to do. It's just, it's focusing um, and making sure I'm doing those to the best of my ability, which was um, a lot, a lot, a lot difficult. But I realized that I'm like 20 something episodes in this and be able to express my thoughts, talk shit. Um, that's really what I created the podcast for. It wasn't mm -hmm. to be, I have no interest in being authority on anything. Right. It's just like it's conversation, conversation. And I feel like there's not really either people that are in this space around our age. They're so political. I'm just, I don't care for politics personally. Like me neither. I'm just like, are you going to do the right thing or not? If you're not going to do the right thing, get out of the way. So someone else can. You know, do. That's what I was meaning to ask you. I was like, are you going to be into politics? Because that is not my forte. I don't know what's going on in the world. Um, I should. You need to be informed to a certain but. degree. But these people <laughs> lie. These these people lie so dang much. Yeah, what is, uh, what's his name? Joe, when's Joe going to cancel our student loan debts? That's what we That's want. not going to happen. Come on, Joe. No, I'm that, no, I mean, <laughs> uh, that's not happening, unfortunately. Oh, no. Yeah. They could cancel at least. Um, yeah, right? Well, um, with this one, um, because I actually do have to go. So okay. we're actually going to go and uh, um, end this uh, right here. Um, do you want to give out any of your socials or anything like that? Yeah, you can follow me on Facebook. Well, no, not Facebook. You can do Instagram. Okay. It's the Bantu Queen, and the it's T H E underscore B A N T U underscore Queen Q U E E N. The Bantu Queen. That's on Instagram. And then, if you want to follow me on Snapchat, you can. I don't really post much. A lot. <laughs> I do post a lot. You do. Like, I don't post nothing of <laughs> substance. Yeah. But if you want to follow me on there, it's um, Kyla. It's K I I L A H H one two three. That's my Snapchat. 
I'm not giving out my Facebook. Nah, it's fine. <laughs> well, with that being said, guys, um, you're going to be most likely be seeing more of her um, as the next episode is going on. With that being the case, man, my name's Aaron, and we're out. Later. Bye.